Most people settle because they don't know how to maximize the potential that God has given them. Welcome to the Thrive College Podcast, where we help young leaders navigate the challenges and opportunities of their future and faith. Each episode, we'll be giving the mic to young leaders to ask tough questions to some of the world's most influential voices. We're excited you're here with us today. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Thrive College Podcast. My name is Dina Davidson. I'm the Discipleship Director and host of the podcast. Today is a big day because we have one of the founders of Thrive College in the studio, the Kurt Harlow. Give it up. Woo! No, that's you guys. That's your part. Found, You're supposed to say, found, yeah! Founder of, I never thought of myself that way. Yeah, that's you, awesome. I, I remember that. every single meeting where you said, okay, this is what we need to do. And I, my mind was blown. This is what we're going to do in Thrive College. It was so good. Aside from that, Kurt, you have over 27 years of campus ministry, secular um, campus ministry all over the nation. You love college students. I love college students. I love college students. It's such a pivotal time of life. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I love speaking to middle school and high school students. Sometimes they have all the idealism and faith, but not quite enough maturity yet. Right. And then when you talk to like the older 20s, 30 year olds, they have the idealism, but now they got a mortgage, a kid, they're starting a career. The sweet spot, historically, and right. you know, you've heard me say this, is if you look at all the past major awakenings, right. the sweet spot is 18 to 25. It's right in there where you have a lot of just ability to go, I'm going to drop everything and do whatever Christ tells me. Yeah. And you have the freedom and discernment and maturity to do that. So the Great Awakenings, all, all that stuff. It's college, college students. students. So that's why I love the group. Super crucial, super strategic, uh, including these two. These that's are like right. a couple of very strategic people that's in right. my life. Speaking of these people, before we introduce you guys, just want to also say, Kurt, you are a senior, camp- senior campus pastor at our Granite Bay campus at Bayside. And you are the D-time speaker, our discipleship time, every Thursday morning. And every year... We survey students and we say, hey, tell us what the, what was the number one thing that contributed to your spiritual growth over the years? And everyone, 10 uh, years, it's uh, Kurt Harlow. Uh, yeah. well, That's the truth. You, I go to a lot of meetings, uh, being on the senior staff, being one of the senior pastors, I go to a lot of meetings. And people always ask, what's your favorite thing at Basic? My favorite thing is Thursday morning. It honestly mm-hmm. is. Yeah. I get to every single Wednesday and go, yes, tomorrow I'm going to be with the Thrive students. And it's just a, uh, first of all, it's, we have fun, we laugh, we, we yeah. think, we talk, and how honest do we want to be, guys? How honest do we We get honest in that meeting, yeah, we do. and Very it's honest. a lot, a lot of fun. Love it. Well, speaking of our amazing students in the studio, let's go ahead and introduce them. Gabe, you want to kick it off? Yeah, my name is Gabriel Bruce. I am a second year in Thrive College, um, and for my future, I'm really thinking about being just an amazing husband, amazing, amazing family man, just a godly man. But um, for my vocation, I would really love to be a student outreach pastor and not just on like one campus, like globally across a bunch of different churches, just really helping them reach out into the community. Love it. And where do you intern? Right now, I intern over at the Granite Bay campus in middle school right now. So good. Faith? Hey, everyone. I'm Faith, and um, I'm a first-year Thrive student, and I want to be a physical therapist um, in later years. So Okay. Love it. Yeah. Got a lot of school to get awesome. you there. A lot of school, <laughs> yeah. Very good. And where do you intern? I intern at Adventure Middle School. Wonderful. Yeah. All right, Kurt, we have some rapid-fire questions go. to help us get to know you a okay. little better. Okay, tell us where you were born, yes. where you live now, yes. and something from your youth you wish more people knew. Okay. 
I was born in Walla Walla, Washington. Walla Walla. <laughs> it's it's a little city in, and it's got a big prison in it. So okay. I always tell people, yeah, when I was born in Walla Walla, Washington, while my dad was in prison. As so a sad. supply director for okay. the hospital, at much the better. He was not a prisoner. He was he bought the toilet paper for the prison. So yeah, Walla Walla. That's Walla. where I was born. And then uh, what's the second one? Where I, do you live now? I live in Roseville, California. Love it. I live at Olympus Point, which is three wow. minutes from the front door of our. Uh, well, it's the it's the uh, what do you call? It? I just dox myself. I just dox myself. No, it's. <laughs> It's the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, it was just like three minutes from the Granite Bay campus, which I love because I'm kind of a dunderhead and forgetful. <laughs> so if I forget something at home, go back to my house three minutes, the office back and forth. It's very perfect for my frontal lobe. So perfect. And then uh, something about my childhood. Well, I mean, the one thing, uh, some people know this, but a lot of people, when they find this out, they're surprised. I uh, was an art major in college and from like three years old, I always have loved to paint. So I don't know why people find that really weird. They're like, <laughs> you paint? You paint? Like sometimes people found a fan, like you're not, you're not allowed to be an artist. You're a pastor. Yeah. So I met my wife in art school. All my kids are very artsy. And um, yeah, right now, actually, I'm, I'm setting up a studio space in my house. That's so fun. So yeah. Where I can paint. we find your art? Do, you, is it, uh, do we have to actually go to your house? On my phone. On if your you phone. want a picture okay. of it, it's on my phone. Love it. Or I usually sell one painting a year, and okay. I have made more money from my paintings than Vincent Van Gogh did in his lifetime. Wow. And Be that's because we auctioned yeah. it off for the Mexicali outreach to okay, that okay. we send the, you know, a thousand people, a bunch of yeah. thrive students go with us to Mexicali to build houses, and they always ask me to donate a painting. And I don't know what people do with the paintings. I think they just love kids. <laughs> and it's probably, you know, in a dumpster somewhere or in their garage. No, above. no way. But they pay a lot of money for the paintings because it goes to the kids. Yeah. I just found out you're a financially profitable artist. So I have made more money background. than Vincent Van Gogh. And I have both my ears. So I'm doing good. Hey, you're you're living Great. your best life, Gert. I am living my best life. There's no doubt. So as you know, in Thrive College, we're all about empowering the next generation of Christian leaders. That's yep. why every episode we pass the mic to them to Love ask it. the questions. These so are two good question askers. These I've are amazing this. question askers. You've experienced that in deep time. So, Gabe, why don't you kick it off with our first question? Yeah. So in your 27 years of ministry, um, doing everything that you've done, um, I just feel like this is the best question to ask you because you have the experience in it. Um, as like we're a larger church at Bayside and I'm all about trying to make all the churches a little more cohesive, just a little bit more like unified. all the different campuses, all, yeah. all, not just even different campuses, even the oh, churches I in see. our area. Gotcha. So I'm thinking to myself, what's would be a great question to ask her? And I'm and I'm thinking how like what would be your plan of attack when it comes to empowering and like getting other churches to reach out into the community the way Bayside does, or even the way that you've seen other churches do it um, outside of conferences like we're doing today at like Unleashed and Vertigo and things like that. What are ways that we can do that on a more regular basis? Like how, how would you go about doing that? That's a yeah. great question. So broadening it even, because there's a lot of people who might have um, similar context, but not be from Bayside specifically. Anyone who's out of church, how can you use what God is doing through your church to help strengthen the other churches in your area as opposed to like competing and yeah. all that? Oh, yeah, I don't want to see that church succeed because it's not my church. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, well, one of the core values of Bayside is Unleash Compassion. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the things you learn when you come here at Thrive School is we are a church that wants to make ourselves indispensable in the community for everybody in the community. We want, whether you're way far from God or you're very passionate about God, but you go to another church, we want to serve you. Um, we're not in competition with you. I, I always say it this way, Gabe. Um, the Bible doesn't allow me to have enemies. Yeah. I don't have enemies. I don't have rivals. I battle not against flesh and blood. There's no flesh and blood. So uh, let me see. Let me show you. Yeah, flesh and blood. No, no, you're not. I'm not battling against you. <laughs> so I battle against two things only principality and powers, the spiritual forces in our world that I need to pray every day and say, God, keep me from the evil one. Uh, and I battle against my own sin. Yeah. So my rivals or the spiritual forces aligned against the church and my own selfishness. Those are my rivals. That's what I'm trying to defeat. That's who the Apostle Paul said when he says, you know, I press on towards the high calling in Christ. Yeah. Um, this is what the Apostle Paul meant when he said, I don't care if you like Apollos better or me better. So what we're trying to do is go, if you totally hate us and you think we're the worst church ever, we still want to love you. Yeah. We want to love you. And in fact, we want to love you so much that you'll actually not just think that we're a good church, but you'll actually consider Jesus. So uh, the He Gets Us commercials, the, the, yeah. I had a chance to interview huge. that guy at our, our Bible conference. He said something's genius. I think this is a real key to the answer to your question. I said, how did this whole He Gets Us thing start? And he said, listen, it was just a bunch of guys and gals in the marketplace that said, how can we help make Jesus the only headline again? Mm -hmm. wow. So instead good. of this church or that church, this competition, that kind of who's yeah. preaching what, yeah. and what, how can we actually get everyone focused on Jesus? That, I love that. Uh, so we do it by works of service at Bayside, the book of Acts. It says that uh, they had favor with all the people. How did they get that favor? We'll back up one verse. It says they gave to everyone as they had a need. Mm -hmm. Then it ends by saying two different times in the beginning of Acts, it says God added to their number every day. So Pastor Ray, our founding pastor, he always says, man, if you have good deeds, they lead to good favor that leads to an openness to the good news. Mm -hmm. Good that's deeds, good favor, good news. Uh, that's the that's the, that's the way we do it. It's super biblical and Yeah. I love yeah, that. That's good. I think in addition to that, something I see, I've seen you and lots of our other pastors do well is you have great relationships with the pastors of our the churches in our community. People that I think maybe we think, oh, those are the competitor churches, right, whatever right, right, that right, means. Right. You know, that shouldn't be a thing. But the competitor churches, you know, people are always leaving us, going to them. You know, you're friends with those people. You're able yeah, to give them a phone call. Here is the little secret that the internet refuses to tell is most <laughs> of the pastors like each other. Yes. Yeah. And we're yeah. in this together. And um, I, I, there's so many great pastors in our area right here. Um, and I think when one church does well, all the churches do well. All the churches around Bayside yeah. uh, have grown since we planted our original Granite Bay campus. So pastoring is a tough job. Um you know, when you're in the foxhole with someone, you don't beat them up or correct their grammar. You right. know, you 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 got their back and and um, you share your rations with them. And most pastors behave that way and do a really good job of behaving that way. Um, the other thing I really think that's a key to this too, uh, just you saying that, Dina. I think we need to, in the American church get rid of the celebrity pastor. Yeah. Not not literally. Yeah resign yeah. them or kick them out. We need to all stop trying to be celebrities. So right. the Bible says, do not be conformed 
to this world. Well, yeah. what's one of the things we worship here in America? It's celebrities. Right. So how many followers do you have? And if you actually talk to really big celebrities, they hate celebrity. Right. They hate mm -hmm. being followed around. They hate having no private life. Yeah. Celebrity is toxic. There is one celebrity in Christianity, people. That's right. His name is Jesus. Yep, that's good. And he does pretty good at it. We don't need, he doesn't need any help. So I think we went through a little season with the start of social media, kind of the way mega churches evolved a little bit. And this is just human nature. We would like a priest instead of going directly to Jesus. Mm -hmm. yeah. We made some pastors into our celebrities. Wow. And it wasn't good for them. And it's not good for anyone else. And so, like, one of the things we try to do around Bayside is go, listen, there's a plurality of leadership. There's several senior pastors. Um, I just play one of those roles. And I'm I'm not it. I'm I'm That's not so I'm 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 dispensable. Um if I go into every weekend at Bayside going, I oh, mean, I'm not doing this alone. Right. I don't have to carry this alone. Yeah. And it's a wonderful, beautiful thing. It's much healthier emotionally. So I think the part of that is, you know, not thinking too highly of yourself and seeing the value in other pastors and other churches. That's yeah. so good. I think yeah. that's part of the reason why I asked that question is because I think in America we have a very competitive mindset. Yes. Mm -hmm. Already, like it's always yes. like who can be best, who can be number right. one, and so when that kind of culture is bled into the church, we get into this attitude of like despising other churches for like exactly what you're saying. Yeah. You're taking my congregants, you're taking my people, and it's like no, like you're actually being able to pastor the people who we can't reach because you have a sure. different method, you have a different absolutely. Way, you know? And so I think it's, I do think it's really awesome that you guys have such close relationships with other pastors in the area. And I also totally agree with you with the celebrity pastor. Like, obviously this is being filmed and I don't care if Mark Clark sees this, but yeah. when Mark Clark first showed up, I kind of had a little bit of a, like, give way to it. Like, my girlfriend was telling me about him. I'm like, I've never heard of this guy. And everyone was like, it felt like they were worshiping him. And then Mark Clark said something on stage that I feel like a lot of the pastors at Bayside are really, really good at. He says, I'm here to preach the gospel die and be forgotten wow. and you guys do that so well like i, I just know. i just hope yeah. that there's a long period between the first statement and <laughs> yeah. the second one. yeah so we give yeah. a get a good run in there yeah for you know mark is so great well part of what makes him such a powerful teacher is that he doesn't take himself too seriously yeah. like he's like on the Tourette's. why would you pick a someone with Tourette's syndrome <laughs> the, the one thing you don't want a Tourette's syndrome person doing is public speaking. Yeah. Right. And yet he's one of the most powerful teachers and preachers I know. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's a great point, Gabe. So good. Yeah. Great first question, Gabe. Um, amazing answers. Going to be meditating on that yes. for a while. Yes. Yeah. Miss Faith, what's our next question? All right. So, as college students, we're going to be going out into life very soon. What is one piece of advice that you wish you knew at our age? Uh, Bob Goff said something when he was visiting us. Uh, probably four or five times ago. And I just love Bob. And he says so many brilliant things. But one of the things he said is, don't think of your life as you have one calling and one job and that's it. And you got to make that one calling and one job work. Yeah. Um, think of your life in seasons of callings. So take a little pressure off of yourself to go, I have to figure out my whole life in this next nine months at Thrive College or in this next four years at college and go, no, 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 what's the very next thing that God has for me? And then do that extremely faithfully and then be be flexible. So the way I've said it for years working with college students is have a plan, make a plan, be responsible to the plan, make bullet points, get, you know, love who you're going to be five years from now. Think yeah. about your future self and go, I'm going to be more dedicated to Christ. I'm going to be more healthy. I'm going to be more in job. So prepare now to be that. But hold that plan loosely. Because here's the thing, 
the plan never works out the way you want it to. Come on. I would have never been here at Baseline. I want to work with college students in Chi Alpha Campus Ministries for my whole life. Yeah. And God introduced me to this guy named Ray Johnson, and we hit it off. And now I'm, I'm on a different uh, path. So it's a whole different season for me. That started when I was 46. So, you know, make the plan, but hold it loosely. Mm-hmm. And, and then go, you know... I've got a lot of time to do three or four things that God put in my heart. Uh, one more thought on this, and I know I'm just rattling on, but I'm trying to beat Chad Veach. I, I heard he did a strong podcast. <laughs> he was so good. Okay. But uh, you're doing great, too. I'm trying we love to get you Chad as well. Veach energy in here. So uh, the one thing I would say, uh, too, about all of this is whatever's right in front of you, just kill that. Mm-hmm. Just kill that. Don't, don't belabor so much about, you know, if I do this, well, don't get Machiavellian and just whatever's put in front of you, just kill that. There's a proverb that says, you see the person good at their job, they will serve before kings. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so Kelly and I, my wife, we got this advice very early on. Uh, the guy discipling me, a guy named Ron Erkers, he said, Kurt, here's how you live your life. Seek first the kingdom of God. Just seek first. And I believed him. I was naive enough and idealistic enough <laughs> as a 19-year-old to go, okay, that's what the Bible says. I'm going to do that. Yeah. I, I was preaching at our Sunday night service, which is the service all the Thrive College students come to. Yeah. And it's packed out. It's wild. It's crazy energy. <laughs> and afterwards, I preach. It's just amazing. All the Thrive students are amen and me. We're in a groove. It's a great <laughs> service. This kid comes up to me, just makes a beeline for me right after the service. He says, Pastor Kurt, man, I figured it out tonight. I know what I want to be. <laughs> I said, what? He goes, I want to be a preacher just like you. I want to do exactly what you do, exactly the job you're doing it. And he's like 19, I'm like 50. He, and I said, okay, I will give you the steps. I'll give you all the steps to, to get exactly where I am at today. He said, all right. I said, get a pen and paper. He gets a pen and paper. I said, all right, step one, seek ye first the kingdom of God. <laughs> he's like, well, okay, what's step two? There is no step two. Yeah. <laughs> There's just yeah. step one. So don't, don't worry and fret about all the, the economy and this and that. Whatever's put before you, you just do it as unto the Lord, do it with all your heart, and and then be flexible when that opens up different opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, good. so good. I feel like a lot of people listening, you know, in this season, they're weighing the decision of what college to go to. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I just want to add that on top of your college consideration. Seek first the kingdom of God, and it's yes. not a matter of what college you go to per se, but are you the type of person who's seeking God's kingdom at whatever college or lack thereof that you're going to? And when you start down a certain path, if it gets hard and you have doubts, Mm -hmm. just realize that's normal. Mm. Totally. That's totally normal. Uh, We were talking in the session here at Unleashed. John the Baptist finds himself far from Jesus and in jail, and he writes to Jesus and go, hey, am I... I (laughs) Am I doing the right major here? Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Do I need to transfer to a different school? And, you know, maybe God will speak to you to transfer to a different school or change your major. I'm not saying that can happen. But I'm just saying, when you have doubt, don't panic. Everyone has doubt. Everyone goes, am I on the right path? I would say just put your hands to the plow 90% of the time. Put your hands to the plow. Do Mm -hmm. the best you can with what you got where you're at. And do it for Jesus. That's so good. Love it. Anything else from you guys before we ask our last question? Yeah, you were talking about holding the plan loosely in your hand, kind of. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, for you and your experience, like you said, I want art, I want to do art, I want to do this, like I want to be on the college campus ministries, Alpha Chi, all this stuff. And how scary was it that the plan that you were holding now had to be redirected? Mm-hmm. Like, what was that like for you? How, how, how would you say a college student can transition 
from, hey, here's the plan that I know that I like. I feel it in my heart that I want to do, but then God puts me on this different trajectory. How, how do you get comfortable with that? How do you transition? Yeah, you know, that? some people, it's very scary when that happens. My yeah. wife is more like that. She the transition is a little bit harder for her, and her strength is faithfulness. So it, they, that kind of goes mm-hmm. together. My strength is I can transition, and yeah. I'm very flexible, and I can... I kind of like the excitement of it. Mm-hmm. Consistency and faithfulness mm-hmm. would be a little bit more of a challenge to me. And that's why we make a good couple. Yeah. Um, so she's like, let's never move again and just put down deep roots and serve people and love people. And I'm like, let's go to Argentina. <laughs> Jesus is in Argentina. And um, so, so part of it is just knowing your temperament and nature. Mm-hmm. So if you are a steady Eddie, put roots down, God might disrupt that. And if you are like me, your little ADHD, DDD, God might go, stay, stay, you know, (laughs) stay on target. The Star Wars thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of knowing that nature. Now, how you handle the stress, uh, when it happens and when the transition, uh, happens again, I think it's really about going, um, I would love to live a life with no regrets, Yeah. Mm -hmm. even if it means making a lot of mistakes. Right. So you can make a mistake and then just learn from it and go, that didn't work out. That, In fact, it's the main way you do learn is yeah. like, I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. That didn't work out. But when you, the difference between a mistake and a regret is a regret is I should have. Right. Yeah. I should have. Mm-hmm. And my thing, especially at this age, when you're not tied down by your own kids, when you don't have a tremendous amount of financial responsibility in terms of career, go, I'm going to be open to bigger, weirder dreams. Or another way I would say it is play every position. So like a good coach, when you're starting out in baseball, he won't just stick one kid at shortstop and go, that's the only position you're ever going to learn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He'll like, hey, we don't, you're eight. We don't know. You could be a catcher or a shortstop first. Base. Play every position for a while. Yeah. That's so good. When I was in a position of high management and administration, it was, it was day-to-day managing teams, I wasn't good at it. I wasn't good at it. Now when I get around people that are good at it, I really value them. I don't yeah. look at it as a lesser position. I don't look at it as, you know, not as flashy because it's not the stage position. That's, that's I go, good. That's that good. person yeah. rocks. They do stuff I, I find difficult. So when you play every position, it also gives you a lot more empathy for how all the different parts work. So, so yeah, I just don't have a regret. Take a, take a leap of faith. That's, so that's awesome. really good. Thank you. Yeah. Love it. All right, Kurt, where can we have students find you? On Instagram? Yes. Obviously, they have to find your phone to get your heart, <laughs> but how can they get more of Kurt Hart? Well, in their life? I will get, I'm going to make a little confession here right now. Uh, I turned my Instagram off yeah. la- at the beginning of summer. I was just going to take a break from it in the summer. And you just haven't And I it enjoyed it so much. <laughs> I haven't turned it back on. That's yeah, good, though. And I, think I hadn't um, been seeing any Kurt Harlow no, pies. I this used is to why. Do, I used to do this thing called. Uh, I'm going to do it again, Family Meal Friday. Right. And when when I turned my, when I stopped posting to Instagram, no one contacted me and said, where's your sermon <laughs> clips? They changed my life. No, everyone's like, hey, how do you make that pie? I wanted that pie again. <laughs> That's amazing. Because I do the family. I, I'll put it back on there. At KurtHarlow.com, at KurtHarlow.com. Probably the place you're going to find me the most, though, is BaysideOnline.com yes. mm-hmm. or uh, at the, any of the Thrive College um stuff because i'm there we do a Perfect. thing called the bible study go look at all of those mm-hmm. we our weekend sermons are up there you're gonna bayside see me, youtube bayside youtube you're gonna see me about every four times if you text 
Uh, refuel the five six three one six. Then you'll get a daily devotion of which I'm in the rotation. Uh, Kevin Thompson's there. Morgan May is there. Mark Clark is there. So you know, a lot of a lot of great content on that uh, refuel. Love it. Okay, we have one final question, Kurt. Mm -hmm. But I also want to let our audience know that we have done something amazing at Thrive College. Kurt, you pastored on secular campuses for years, and you saw so many people come there as Christians and throughout the process of college deconvert from their faith. So as we had you on, we um, we wanted to share that we have done something to help students that are just really struggling with everything going on in the realm of people deconstructing their faith. So we had talked to an expert, Dr. John Marriott. We were just talking about him yes. before we yes. uh, press record. We filmed a segment with him on how to help your friend who's deconstructing their faith. So if you are in the in the zone of someone who is saying, man, I have a lot of people in my life who are just kind of deconstructing their faith. I want to know how to help them. Make sure you go to mythrivecollege.com slash deconstruct, and we will help you have amazing access to some great ways to not lose your own faith in college and to help a friend who may be on that road themselves. That's so, huge. Last awesome. question, Kurt. Okay. All right. All Always right. asking on the podcast. All right. What's the one thing you would say to a young leader? Oh man, so many things. I, I here's the theme I'm on right now. Uh, in a lot of my t uh, discipleship is about trust. So a disciple is someone who trusts Jesus to the extent that those around that disciple begin to trust Jesus to the extent. Yeah. That those around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's very hard in our world. We've, we're in a very romantic age, which means we're very emotional. And we're in a very cynical age, which means we are hypercritical. So we are all online telling everyone what's a thumb up and thumb down. And I get a vote on everything. Thumb up, thumb down. I don't even right. know the whole story. And I got to tell you, that's a <laughs> thumb down. Yeah. And, and then you, you, know, you read comments. And the comments start about whatever piece of content they're criticizing. And then it gets into a whole weird debate about other things and in that world, it's really easy to lose trust. Right. Um, you know, your girlfriend breaks up with you, your heart gets hurt, your mom and dad divorce, right. your college professor grades your paper horribly. These things happen to us. And the yeah. problem is we transfer that to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we go, because the whole world is cynical and emotional and untrustworthy, God is untrustworthy. Right. And the opposite is actual true. All of those experiences lead us to this conclusion. Only Jesus including me, mm -hmm. including the promises I make to myself. Right. Only Jesus is trustworthy. So as you grow in trust in Jesus, all the other hurts and bruises, challenges, problems, and decisions, yeah. they become clearer and better. So um, trust and obey. It's like the old hymn, trust and obey. Mm -hmm. I love it. So good. Well, thank you so much, Kurt. Anything else from you guys as we close? I think we're good. Yeah, I think All we're right. good. Thank yes, you. Thank you. Well, thank you for listening. Do I, do I get to come back on the podcast? Ever? Oh, <laughs> we will be a regular guest oh. on the podcast, girl. You are one I, of I, our I Thrive College I was trying to bring favorites. it up to the Chad Veach level so I can oh, get invited. You brought back. it. You I, brought it. You brought it to the Kurt Harlow level, and that's what Ooh, I love about even it. Even better. Come on, <laughs> one level deeper. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you for listening to the Thrive College podcast. Thank you for joining us today on the Thrive College Podcast. We hope that today's episode has empowered you to navigate the challenges and the opportunities of your future and your faith. If you really enjoyed our conversation today and appreciated what we had to offer, we would love for you to write a five-star written review and share it with your friends. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.